0: The Mountain Valley Spring Water. Bottled continuously since 1871 in Hot Springs, Arkansas, the Mountain Valley Spring Water rises naturally to the surface of the earth, where it is bottled untouched to this day. Mountain Valley prides themselves on truth, integrity, and clean, pure water. They bottle in glass to preserve quality and taste, and also proudly offer recyclable green plastic bottles as a convenient on-the-go alternative. There's never been a better time than now to get back to your source. So head over to mountainvalleyspring.com to find your local retailer or set up delivery to your home or office today. surprise we are live on all platforms tonight so welcome to around the diamond presented by natural state sports this is steve your host and joined as always by my co-host kevin bohan and kevin how you doing tonight man
1: doing good my man i was expecting a big weird lie
0: <laughs> i'm still i'm still playing with all that right now there we go so coming
1: to you live oh that's good yeah yeah
0: yeah, we'll we'll work on that for next week. I'm still trying to figure this all out, so it's probably looking weird to the people watching because I'm looking at the TV screen, so I'm really not looking right at the camera. But got some fun <laughs> stuff. I'm uh, just going to kind of play with some things tonight. Uh, no big special guest this week, so uh, we've been rolling with the special guest. Uh, but uh, so tonight we're looking at uh, just having a little bit of having a little bit of fun, and uh, we we are going to. Um, uh, give some scouting reports on some of these freshmen coming in. So uh, we're going to pick the brain of Kevin Bohannon over here, who is our resident baseball expert and, uh, and the know-all. So um, uh, excited about tonight and what we got coming to you guys.
1: Yeah, we've got some guys that we hope, and I mean hope, get to Fayetteville in the fall. And we know with Robert Moore, he came a little early. We got another prospect that's coming a year early so. With the draft being five rounds this year, we're hoping that we get Caden Wallace, Markeve and Tink Hintz, and Nick Griffin on campus in the fall. We're going to take an in-depth look at all three of them tonight and let you know a little bit about them that you may not have heard. I've had the privilege of coaching two of the three over the past four four or five years and have seen uh, the third, which is Nick Griffin, up close and personal and gotten to see him you know, pitch quite a bit over the last three years.
0: Yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, I'm look I'm looking forward to talking about these guys. Um, a lot of these guys, I was really looking forward to getting to getting to see play this year, and, and unfortunately, obviously, with the circumstances, uh, yeah, that, that hasn't happened. So that's disappointing. Um, but man, a lot of talent in, in this state, a lot of talent in this class. Uh, what's the total numbers on this class? Is it? I had it counted out in my head a second ago, and now I don't. Let's see one two.
1: As far as how many prospects and recruits and everything. Yeah,
0: so what do we got, 18 signed, I think, something like that?
1: Yeah, I believe we have 18 signed and eight from Arkansas, if I'm not mistaken. Let's see. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a great class. And a lot of these kids have played together over the past five or six years since they were, you know, nine, ten years old. So it's really cool to see that they get to play together beyond high school and into college together. So a lot of things that have had to come together for this group to be together It is a special group. A lot of people around the state and around the nation have talked about how this is the best class ever to come through Arkansas. 2017, the one that had Casey Martin, uh, Hunter Milligan, Logan Easley and Paxton Wallace who ended up at Wichita state and could have gone other places. They were really, Deep, but not as deep as this 2020 class. It just got, it has position players. It has pitching, catching. Uh, players at every position, and University of Arkansas got to reap the rewards best this year.
0: Yeah, it's an exciting class, no doubt. So uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't jump out right now and say happy 42 or happy Jackie Robinson Day. Uh, big, big day in Major League Baseball. It kind of stinks that we don't get to see all the players wearing 42 and the big celebration. So uh, do know MLB.com and Major League Baseball in general has done a really good job of celebrating it, but it is weird not getting to see it out on the field today.
1: It is. And Ranch Ricky took a, took a chance on Jackie Robinson. And it opened so many doors for so many other ball players. And people do not realize that it all had to start with one player. And Jackie was that player. And of course, the last player that wore number 42 actively in the major leagues was Mariano Rivera. And he set some records and was always thankful and appreciative that he was the last one to get to wear it. Of course, on April 15th every year, like you said, Major League Baseball has every player, all 750, wear number 42. So it was sad that we didn't get to see that today. Hopefully they will honor that uh, when the season does start. Hopefully in the next couple of months, we'll just have to see how that goes. But yeah, we wanted to take a minute and uh, of course acknowledge the, the great man that was Jackie Robinson.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can't can't really talk baseball without uh, without uh, talking Jackie Robinson, and especially you know where we are with it today. I, I was reminded it was funny. We were kind of chatting in our uh, in one of our group chats today, and I was reminded of uh, of a time back in, in college when I was writing for our local paper or for our school paper, and uh, and I wrote about Jackie Robinson and the things that you, know, you learned about uh, you know the history of, of not just not just baseball, but you know in the United States alone and how groundbreaking it was for uh, when, when, when that move was made. So um, big-time big moment in history, not just for baseball, but uh, for the world in general.
1: That's right. We've had, you know, the Little Rock Central 9 here at Central High School in Little Rock. That occurred right about the time that you know, Jackie broke into the big league. So it's, you just tie those historical events together and see that it was a very, very volatile time in America but it was something that you know kind of brought with the baseball being America's pastime it kind of brought a lot of people together at the time so it was really neat to see and we're still get to acknowledge and talk about him years later.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So as we move on here, I wanted to, I wanted to kind of jump in. So, so this is kind of the fun thing here. If you're watching uh, live with us, whether it be on Facebook, uh, on Twitter or on YouTube um, I've got uh, right now, the MLB.com top 100 is up on your screen. So for anybody watching that, um, Arkansas, according to this one, uh, currently has six guys rated in the top 100 when you count recruits, committed recruits, and then the likes of Kerstad and Martin. Kerstad sitting at number 13 overall. Uh, I could pull that up there. And then um, you've got Casey Martin at 15. Uh, but one of the first guys that we're going to talk about today, because I'm going I'm to skip over uh, this gentleman that's rated number 46, and we'll, we'll talk about some of that here in just a little bit. Um, but I wanted to jump down to Caden Wallace. So Caden Wallace uh, rated number eighty uh, in, in in MLB.com's draft rankings. Um, a third baseman out of Greenbrier, Arkansas. Also spends some time on the mound. Uh, don't, sh- don't don't think we'll see too much of that at Arkansas. But uh, um, a very good uh, very good power hitting third baseman coming out of the out of the high school ranks. And uh, if you look back, let me jump over to the right page here. So if you know anything about the way perfect game, and you may be able to speak on this a little more as far as, you know, how perfect game rates their players. Caden Wallace comes into this with a, best, with a best perfect game grade of 10, which is as high as it goes. Um, and when you look over here, at the, that just that basically means potential is very high draft pick and or elite level college prospect. So as we get our scouting report from, uh, from Kevin, I got to ask, Kevin, do you agree with that report as to where Caden Wallace could end up in the future?
1: I do, Steve, and perfect games, they don't hand out tens, they don't hand out nines. They do a really good job of, once they first see these guys, they'll give them an initial grade of where they think they project. So I believe Caden's first event at a perfect game, uh, was at the national indoor in St. Louis in February of 2016, and that would have put, that was his freshman year. So at that event, he was, I believe, 85 across the infield and had an exit velocity that was 91. And that was on par in about the 95th, 96th percentile of that class. So as he progressed, played in events, went to different national showcases, and he played in the Perfect Game uh, All-American game this past summer along with the Under Armour All-American game and the high school All-Star game along with Robert Moore along the other top prospects in that class, uh, he eventually earned that ten grade. And they hand that out based on a series of things. And the five tools that we talk about, can he defend? Can he throw? Can he run? Can he hit for power and hit for average? So taking the average of all of those and where they project him to be, it's one of the top players that's ever come out of Arkansas. And in the 21 class, you got Braylon Bishop, who we'll talk about at a later date who's ranked even higher than Caden right now. Caden has been up to the number four uh, ranked player in this class. Of course, rankings kind of shuffle over time. As you know, guys progress, get better, add a new uh, tool to, the, to their tool chest. So they, they did a really good job, and I think Caden's future is really bright based upon just the work ethic and the attitude he has. I call him the silent assassin quite often just because of how he plays he leads by example. He's not the rah-rah guy that's just going to come in and get everybody pumped up. He's going to do it with his work ethic on the field and off. And people, they, they, they're they attracted to that. Players are attracted to that. They want to play with somebody that's going to go out there and give it 110% and has that motor to be the best. And Caden is his worst critic. He He hates when he misses a ball. We were playing in Wichita. Kansas, a couple years ago. This was 2018. And he hit one 405 feet to dead center. And the guy caught it at the track because they were playing him that deep. And he was upset about it. And this was with a wood bat. And I said, Cato, you cannot hit a ball any better. He said, I could have hit it over the fence. I said, well, you got me there. But everybody's been on Caden from such a young age. He competed at the Power Showcase with a lot of other power hitters around the nation. He got to go down to Marlins Park and hit home runs. He hit 440, 450 feet. He got to participate in the high school home run derby this past summer, finished second. So he's got a lot of power tools, and that's his biggest asset right now, But people forget how great of an athlete he is. He's a 6'6 runner. Throws at ninety five across the infield and makes Sports Center top ten highlight plays from shortstop for Greenbrier High School. So, I think he does have a great future, Steve. He
0: he is he is definitely special. Most everybody watching online right now is able to see some of these highlights we got playing. Uh, these are from YouTube from Perfect Game. But um, so does he translate? You think to third base when he gets on campus?
1: I do, and a lot of people have said that he needs to work on his feet, but. I think he sticks there. A lot of people project him as a corner outfielder just because of his arm. And I can see that. I've seen him play outfield. I've put him in the outfield before because he knows how to run down fly balls. He takes great angles. And he's got a howitzer attached to his shoulder. So putting him in the outfield is going to be beneficial. And it'll be just a way to get his bat in the lineup if he has to play out there.
0: Right, well, hopefully he gets that opportunity. Um, that's you know that we'd love to see him there. Where do you think he fits in terms of uh, in, in middle of the order, guy? I mean, I know he's got really good power. Obviously, a four hundred foot uh, four hundred foot uh, bomb there is not something that uh, that you see a, of a kid of that age, especially with a wood bat. So, um, you were talking about exit velo earlier. Where do you think this guy? Where do you think Caden ends up fitting into the, into a lineup once he gets on campus as well?
1: He's a top to middle of the order type guy, Steve. And when I mean top, I mean two, two. he can hit in a two hole. He's hit in a two hole for us the past two summers, and and you know, we've had him as low as five. So he's a really good RBI guy, but he is really good to all fields. He's not just a pull pool, pool hitter to where teams are going to have to shift him. He His power is to the gap. He's a gap power guy. So when we talk about gap power, he's from right center to left center. And he can fill it up The two best balls I've ever seen him hit in a game were when he was 14. We're playing in South Haven, Mississippi in a Super NIT championship game and he hit two over the right center field wall that measured about 415, 420. And that just shows you that you can't pitch him away because he's going to go that way. We've talked a lot about players that well, just throw him a curveball away and you'll get him out. Well, you can't do that with Caden because he's going to sit back on it and he's going to hit it 400 feet the opposite way. So uh, anywhere in the lineup, I think he's going to be a really good asset for the Razorbacks.
0: Well, as a Hog fan, I look forward to, to seeing him on campus. I assume that you're going to go ahead and go out on a limb and say that, uh, that he will be one that will make it on campus?
1: I'm hoping he does. I, right now, Steve, I would say it's 50-50 hits. You know, up to him and his family. He's got a great family, comes from a great background, and he's done it smart. They've been smart about everything throughout. We're actually going to get to interview him on The Buzz next Wednesday evening at 6 o'clock. So we're definitely going to try to poke him and uh, get to see what the answer is. But talking to him, you know, from one week to another, it goes back and forth but he is from Arkansas. He does want to be a Razorback, so we're we're hoping that he gets on campus.
0: Absolutely. Well, I'm looking forward to it, and I'm looking forward to that interview on The Buzz as well. Uh, We're going to take a break. When we get back, we will get into Tink Hintz uh, as as well as Nick Griffin. So uh, hold up hang with us, and we'll be right back. for this episode of Around the Diamond is provided by Arkansas Car Clinic. Arkansas Car Clinic is a locally owned business located in Benton, Arkansas. Mike and his team do it all and at a fraction of the cost and time of the big body shops. Their goal is to keep you and your vehicle happy and looking great. Whether it's minor scratches, dents, or you hit one of those huge Arkansas bucks, Arkansas Car Clinic is your go-to locally owned shop. They also handle windshield replacement, spray and bed liners, auto detailing, or if you're like me and find every drive-thrus curb, they handle wheel repairs as well. Give Mike a call at 501-575-6357 to get your vehicle back to that like new condition. everybody welcome back we uh we are back for the second segment hopefully kevin you're still there with me right
1: oh yeah i'm here
0: you survived the ad okay no no technical difficulties other than me pushing wrong buttons so far tonight
1: that's, that's right <laughs> that's,
0: I, I tell you man monday was a crap shoot um, I, we did in, we did uh uh, the, uh, natural inside the natural state podcast. Um, Andy and I did, and it was, um, it was interesting trying to trying to push all the buttons and play with all these different, all this software. So let me jump to the the wrong thing. There we go. All right. Now we're good. So, all right, well, let's get back into it. Let's talk about a couple more guys. Let me jump back over here to the right page all right so we're going to talk about tink hint next watson chapel product he is rated number 87 overall on mlb.com draft player rankings um very very he, he looks the part on the mound at 6'1 175 right-handed pitcher uh hits right-handed as well i assume that we will see him translate into a, uh, a pitcher when he gets on the hill
1: oh definitely and he he played two way in high school and starting out, whether it be travel ball or his first year of showcase with, with us and the prospects, he, he played a little bit of second base and that was really before he hit a growth spurt. So Tink, and that, that's his nickname is Tink. It's Markevian Tink And he's always been, always known by Tink. Quiet, unassuming. But when he gets on the mound, it's just electric, Steve. And he, he opened the eyes this past fall in Jupiter at the World Championship down in Jupiter, Florida, and shut down one of the best travel teams in the nation, one of the best programs in the nation, Scorpions Founders Club. And he was up to 96 miles per hour with life on the fastball and a hammer curveball. And when we talk about hammer curveball, we talk about tight spin rate and just picture a ball falling off the table. So it's really hard to pick up, and he started to develop a good changeup think is really smart on the mound. He, he'll he throw a two-seam fastball. He'll throw a four-seam fastball. And it's really hard to kind of pick up the run and spin on it because he's got such a loose, whippy arm. And he kind of reminds me of Pedro Martinez, the way his wind-up in motion is. And for that kind of comparison, it's really high praise. And nothing ever seems to get to him on the mound. He he. Rarely gets emotional or anything out there when he's pitching, but uh, hopefully we're, he's going to have some options. He's going to have to turn down some money from a lot of ball clubs because of what he did last fall and then everything he did January, February, March leading up to this. He has shot up draft boards. He's up to number 87 on MLB.com. He is in the top 100 for perfectgame.com. And he's the number 64 overall player, according to Perfect Game, in the high school rank. So that just shows you how much they value what he can do on the mound as a pitcher.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm watching some of the video here, just uh, what we've got from Perfect Game and that uh, we've got up from YouTube. Um, this was actually from that Scorpions founder uh, classics you were talking about in Jupiter. And, uh, yeah, this kid, uh, he, he's electric now. Some of the movement on some of these pitches, um, and you were right as far as his delivery. So definitely a little bit of Pedro S there. We've got a close-up of it here coming uh, for anybody getting an opportunity to watch live right now, so I'm excited. Now, is this a guy that we can expect to be kind of a frontline guy? Is that what he is? That what he comes in at? I, I would assume with that uh, li- that litany of pitches and, and what he's thought of that he'd be a frontline type guy.
1: Yeah, he's always been a starter, Steve, and he's been able to go deep in games and not run up his pitch count too high. Just, <laughs> excuse me, just because he has great control and command. So if you have command. Of your pitches, you can locate anywhere you want to at any count with any pitch. Control is just being able to throw strikes to an extent. So he has great command of his pitches and he's going to be one of those guys that can be a front end guy like Blaine Knight, Isaiah Campbell going back through the Razorback starters on Friday night. Uh, he, he could be one of those guys.
0: Well, <clears throat> definitely looking forward to that. Um I was looking at him here against uh, Mario Gomez in a in an international week game in 2019. Um again, more just just extremely impressive when you watch some of this. The way he goes through his pitches. So uh, let me hop off of that, and we will jump over here to another pitcher that Arkansas has committed. Also, outfielder uh, My- uh, Nicholas Griffin, and uh, Griffin not rated at least in this top 100 for MLB- MLB.com that we had pulled up. Um, another guy that is on this list that we're gonna we'll talk about another time. David Calabresi, um, out of Canada, uh, an outfielder rated at number 89 in the MLB.com uh, top 100. So. Um, let me jump over and get the video going here for Nicholas Griffin. For anybody watching, big tall kid. Uh, uh, looks like he's got really good size on the mound. Tell us what. Tell us about Nicholas Griffin and what we can get excited about with
1: him. Yeah, so Nick comes in at six four, and Nick has been a two way guy up to this point. Everybody thinks he can be a two way prospect at the next level. I do think he pitches more than he plays outfield, but he does have six six speed. He kind of runs like a gazelle out there. And he's got a 90 mile per hour on from the outfield and it's a, it's a, he's got a smooth stroke from the left side, but we're, we're mostly going to talk about him on the mound. And a lot of people have compared him to Cliff Lee, not just because of the Arkansas ties with Cliff being on the mound and going through the majors, winning a Cy Young for the Indians, but it's the run on the fastball, the heavy sink when it gets up there and when he's down in the zone, the knock on Nick is that he hasn't had really good command. He's walked a lot of batters uh, through his time in high school and showcase ball. But that's stuff that can be fixed with age and with experience and with time on the mound. But they, they can't teach the long, loose arm, and they can't teach 94, 95 miles per hour. He's been up to 93, and I believe 94. He pitched in the same event with Pink at International Week at at Fenway Park last year, drew a lot of praise and a lot of scouts are on him. Of course, some, I think the Marlins have been in contact with him. Uh, a lot of other teams have, as well. It's going to be interesting to see. I do think Nick makes it to campus. Uh, the interesting thing about Nick and Tink both is they really should be in the class of 2021. Nick just turned 18. Well, it doesn't turn 18 till June the 10th, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. So, He's still 17. Tink is still 17. These guys are really young. So that's why Major League Baseball teams are so enamored with these guys is because they really haven't hit their, you know, physical maturity yet. They've got all these tools and ability for just a 17 year old, a lot like we saw with Robert Moore this year. So if you, you see what Robert did for the Razorbacks in a short, short period of time in 16 games, and we're hoping that. A couple of young guys like Tink and Nick will get on the hill and be able to trans, you know, have that success uh, translate to the college level as well.
0: So with with some of his struggles with command and other things, um, do you think he is he gonna is he gonna project on the mound, or do you think he projects more as a as a as a guy in the outfield?
1: I think there's just too much to work with on the mound for him not to give it that shot. And while I believe he's a good hitter, I don't think he's that elite. SEC level at perfect game the senior nationals this past year I think his exit below was eighty eight that's average for that event especially when you got guys like Caden that are running it off the tee at one oh three and yeah, he, he's got a really good arm in the outfield like I said he's a six six runner which is really good speed it's it, it's really it's above average it's not super elite but I do think the tools that he has on the mound with a really good curveball that once he develops a third pitch in command of those pitches, I think his ceiling is on the mound at the next level and beyond yeah I was looking
0: at some of his uh just his progression so perfect game anybody that's uh, that doesn't follow perfect game or doesn't doesn't subscribe they do have a free free uh with a lot of well most of this information any of the information you see in front of you right now online is all free information from perfect game, but you were talking about exit velo and fastball velo here or is exit velo at eighty eight you were you were right on his fastball velo at ninety three for a left hander with that kind of size, um, man. Yeah, I would I would hope to get to see him on the mound, especially if you can add Tink to that potential rotation. That's two guys that could really uh, really set your, your your pitching rotation up for for weekends going forward for a couple years for sure.
1: Yeah, and they are they're long players. When we talk about long length, you talk about on the basketball court with players that play on the wing. You want them to have length and size and wingspan. I think six 6'1 and still growing at, I would say, generously 170. So put 15 pounds of muscle on him, 20 pounds of muscle, in a college program with Matt Hobbs and do the same for Nick Griffin and get him up to 200 pounds. And you're going to see a lot. Let's take Zach Norris, for example. Zach was 90, coming out of high school. And a couple of times we got to see him on the mound, he was up to 95. I mean, these guys get in a college program, they, it's gonna be amazing to watch these guys get up there, get in a program and take that next step.
0: Yeah, for sure. I hey, I'm just looking for I think we talk about this or I do every year, it seems like, you know, we're always searching, you know, Dave Van Horn always seems to be kind of searching for those those final two starters coming into SEC, the first SEC series. And, you know, this year it seemed like we had it figured out, we think, assuming Nolan would have come back healthy and, and Wick would have been, you know, kind of figured out his struggles. But, you know, two guys like this could be guys that could make you not have to worry about your, your rotation uh, very much going into a season period if we can get these two guys on campus and into Matt Hobbs system.
1: Yeah, and getting – and we, we've talked about the Arkansas guys, but you got guys like Nate Wolgamuth from Owasso, Oklahoma, that's been up to 94, 95, even 96, that's 215 and looks like he could squat a Buick. So <laughs> there's guys like this in the next two or three classes that they're already getting on and have offered and have got commits from. So that just adds to the depth. And, of course, all of those guys, when they got on the hill, were starters at their high school. And then they had to adjust to a role that they weren't used to, but they got comfortable with. Uh, Zach had come out in in relief a couple of times at Cabot, but he was a middle midline guy and was going to get some midweek starts. So how they transition and how they deal with it is the biggest thing that they have to come, the hurdles that they have to get over and the mental part of it. So yeah, it's just going to add to the depth, and you're going to have a lot more weapons up there if these guys can get to pay it, Bill.
0: Man, I, I definitely look forward to it. I was looking through some of the other some of the other guys that they have, you know, coming. A lot of length, like you said. I mean, some of this you look, you feel like you're looking at uh, at uh, some basketball players. I mean, you got a six five guy in Tyler Cacciatore out of Sheridan. Um, you got a six nine guy to Luis Stallone. Uh, man, is that guy really going to end up on the mound, Six nine, seven footer on the mound just about? That's
1: Yeah, 6'9", and with a lot of tilt. And when we talk about tilt, think of Randy Johnson and how his fastball just came downhill. And guys that have a lot of tilt, it's hard to get a good launch angle on. So you have to get your bat pass on a better angle, and it's really tough. They induce a lot of ground balls. You talk about basketball. Tyler Ketchatori was all state in basketball at six five, two fifteen, two twenty, 215, 220. And Jackson Wiggins, who is up to 95, 96 out of Roland, Oklahoma, was all state in Oklahoma. So you got a lot of athleticism and a lot of really good athletes that are going to be up there in Fayetteville.
0: There's no doubt about it when you look at just some of these names. And we'll scroll this up a little bit. I think everybody can see that. So. Well, that gives you a rundown, guys, of these uh, some of these guys that we're most excited about. And then I think, as as hog fans, as we're paying attention, really to next year, that's where we've had to turn our attention to, is to next spring when it comes to baseball. So, um, some really big time talent. We talked about that before. Of course, Arkansas uh, ends up with the number three rated class according to Perfect Game. So, um, just a just a ton of talent headed into our headed into headed to Fayetteville. Um, here over the next uh, few months, and, and hopefully it, most of these guys end up on campus and we get the you know we get the honor of watching them, these guys compete on the hill.
1: Yeah, pay attention to the draft whenever it takes place. They, they said they're going to have it by July 21st, I believe, but just pay attention. Uh, we'll, we're going to keep you up to date on naturalstatesports.com and our podcast live shows. We're going to keep you up to date and kind of give you the inside look got really good relationships with these guys. I'm not saying they're going to come out and tell me what they're going to do, but we can kind of give you an idea of how it's trending, and hopefully by this time uh, in in August, we'll have a really good idea of what that 21 roster will look like for the Razorbacks.
0: Yeah, looking forward to it, no doubt. Uh, And on the MLB piece, I mean, we've talked this, you know, pretty hard with everybody that we've had on. So, you know, still a lot of questions out there as far as what direction that's going to go. But, you know, these guys in the top 100 – um, you know, it doesn't mean for sure that they're going to go in the top 100, but obviously these are guys, these are guys that are extremely well thought of and, and could get enough money thrown at them to make it a, a tough decision. So, um, hopefully, like we said, we get to see these guys, you know, in Fayetteville. Um, but, uh, man, I enjoyed it. Uh, anything else you got for us tonight, Kevin?
1: I think that's it, Steve. Uh, everybody out there, stay safe, take care of yourselves. The, the quicker we get out of this thing, the quicker we can get back on the diamond.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Make sure you're doing all the things they say and, uh, and, uh, wash your hands and and do all that good stuff. And and just remember, um, like share and subscribe this podcast, help us out, uh, leave us some comments, leave us some feedback. We want to know what you guys think we can do better. Um, if you like the live version here of it coming out, leave some comments for us. Um, and, and this is something we can continue doing as well. Um, also, don't forget. Uh, you know, uh, Kevin was talking about some of our other live shows. So we've got our new show uh, starting with uh, tomorrow. It started last week, and uh, we'll have it tomorrow. The Sports Junkies, with myself and Justin, are uh, one of our content writers, and our special guest tomorrow will be the uh, Mister Hogball blog himself from Twitter. Another one of our content writers who's going to help us go back and forth on some opinions, and then of course Andy makes his live show debut on Friday with uh, with Zach on uh, Natural State Sports Live. So you're not going to want to miss that either. Make sure you guys tune in and, uh, and catch those guys as they uh, they talk about a lot of different things. Um, I think they've got some pretty fun stuff going. Maybe even uh, you get to see them shove some food in their face, I think, as well. So um, we, uh, we, we look forward to that on Friday night as well. So, uh, man, until next week, um, watch some Moneyball, something, find some way to enjoy some baseball. And uh, we'll we'll be back next week to to uh, to hopefully entertain you some more.
1: Yeah, looking forward to next week, Steve. And uh, as Steve said, if you if you get a chance, go watch Brad Pitt's The Money Ball. And uh, we're we're looking forward to it. And uh, we'll see you next week. Yep,
0: absolutely. Until next week, have a good one.